the white pill. It's kind of something that embodies the or embraces the beauty of life, everything in it. You're saying beauty matters, beauty saves the world, that you know, love and all those things help create meaning in everything. It actually outweighs all of the nihilism, all of the meaninglessness, and all of the black pill beliefs, basically, all the materialism. It, it transcends all of that. That is really what I suppose the white pill is about. Croissant, that's just orthodox Christianity. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was sound like a madman already, or is this actually interesting? I don't know. <laughs> Bonjour bitches, welcome to a new episode of Croissant Hours. I'm your host, Je suis Croissant, and today we are catching up. Um, it's been quite a while, everybody. Um, a month or so, I think. Last episode was, I think, around October 15th, uh, to action or whatever. Um, but I'm back. Hi. Uh, it's not like I've not been doing anything. I've just been putting these off for long periods. And I should stop doing that, I find, because uh, I often have the fear, like kind of imposter syndrome thing where I'm like, ah, do I have actually have anything interesting to say? But it's not really the point. It's more like building up a catalog and having creating something for people to enjoy and only through tenacious action will people actually uh find value in this and can i actually improve and not just by contemplating and thinking which is something i learned from a book i read recently so that's interesting but we can get into that anyway hi hello uh welcome to all my uh new subscribers that are watching this uh keeps increasing so that's cool um i enjoy uh, every single one of you that uh decides to enjoy to my listen to my rants or watch my memes or my essay videos whatever it is um I do have to focus more on that, but we'll get into that. Um, I want to thank you all for joining me here. Hi. Um, like I said, I'm uh, Mr. Croissant here. And this is like my weekly podcast. Well, I say it's weekly, but it's more like monthly at this point. I try to, I want to get to weekly again, okay? Don't, don't sue me. Anyway, um, weekly show where I talk about things related to psychology, philosophy, literature, um, MBTI, Jungian psychology, sexuality, things like that, right? Um, or just whatever rant I have in mind. But generally that, excuse me. Um, not very charming. Uh, <laughs> um, so welcome. I want to quickly shout out uh, new Patreons or uh, patrons. Um, and that is Rachel Kent and Sanzu. I think that's the correct name. And uh, also Callie. Uh, thank you so much for supporting me on Patreon. It's uh, it's great that you guys are uh, supporting me. And if you any of you guys listening to this also want to support me because YouTube can be quite a pain in the neck sometimes. Uh, you can do it there. I think it's uh, Patreon.com/slash that You could just support me there. Uh, it really means the world, world to me if you do that. Uh, thank you. Anyway, I was going to recap real quick what has happened to me in the last, what is it, month? Uh, so yeah, first off, I as, I as you may have seen in my reading list video, I finished that, all the relationship books in there. I mean, not all of them, but all of them recommended by Mr. Uh, C.S. Joseph. Um, and I'm going to work on part two. It's coming and part three and four as well, but it's not really my priority right now. And I started reading the entrepreneurship books more and wealth books. Um, and in total, I read, let me see, I have them listed out here. I read The E-Myth, The One Thing, The 10X Rule, Talking to Strangers, The, the Millionaire Fast Lane, The Madness of Crowds, When Harry Met Sally, or Became Sally, I think, The Madness of 
did us put the madness of crowds twice or whatever uh and atomic habits i read those books um in october i think till now so that's like in four weeks so that's quite a lot um i'm planning to read a lot more i mean as always right but that's what i read recently and i can get can, can get into it in a bit uh but i have a more pressing issue or topic i want to get into uh this episode uh yeah i got a strike for one of my videos for uh the feminine society video uh feminine society and its consequences and oh my god it was it was such a pain i had to basically go on multiple accounts and like a b test if you know what it is where you basically test which versions are correct for youtube or more successful um yeah i had to do that a couple times with several different accounts and finally i could upload it and it's still not taken down which is great because otherwise i would have had to you know i would have gotten a channel strike not only a warning because uh, the youtube penalty system works like this you get a warning then you get a first strike then you get a second strike and after a third uh your channel's terminated right uh, and then the first time it's just a warning they're like okay, don't, don't do it again and they remove the video second time so that's the first warning. Then they, I think you can't upload for a week and the video also gets removed and that's your first warning. Then I think it's your second warning. You can't upload for a month or two weeks. And if you then after that, right after that, um, do it again, your ch channel gets terminated, right? So that was pretty scary, uh, but it was a risk I was willing to take because I found that the thing that I was talking about I kind of had to get it, had to get it off my chest. I maybe will be talking about it more in the future because I still have I have this thing I have this setting on my browser where it keeps my old tabs basically it reopens my old tabs so I can basically work to you're working on whatever it was and I don't have to look it up or I don't lose it right. But it has this annoying glitch or I don't know if it's a glitch necessarily where it reopens um, all these source. How do you put it? Uh, all these sources I had opened for the video and I didn't get into yet because it was basically too much research. Um, and that's, that's for me, it's kind of like a sign from, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, God. That's just like, hey, uh, finish your research on this subject. But I'm like, bro, there are more important topics right now. I don't want to go back into transgender research and all that. Um, so yeah, well, I, I will finish that, basically that research and maybe I'll make some more opinion pieces on it. It's as you have seen from the feminine society video though it's very risky to go into that topic because youtube doesn't like it when people start talking about the lgbt community or start talking about uh masculine to femininity i mean look at you know tate for example andrew tate you know he got called a misogynist i mean he said some interesting stuff sometimes but i think that was to, to create just intentionally create controversy now everybody knows his name and he makes like what is it eight million a month maybe more um but basically um yeah youtube doesn't really like it right so i have to kind of censor myself heavily which i really hate doing i hate censoring other people i hate censoring myself i, I really want people to express themselves fully there are little exceptions to it though like for example the discord i had to ban a couple people because um it wasn't they weren't really in line with what i had in mind like i want free speech and all that but i had a i was a little too naive in uh the est my estimation of human good that is it's not generally speaking the human good wins out right that's just a oh that's a principle i hold called naive i think it's true 
Um, but most some people like to, especially on the internet, like to wiggle in there and just kind of ruin it for everybody. And to that, I'm like, I just have this this principle is being drilled more and more into me to like, okay, this is a croissant. Is this person furthering your dreams and your goals in life? Is this person making you happier or are they costing you more energy than you're getting out of it? Like basically, are they, are they a blessing or a curse? And I'm like, well, if they're even slightly a curse, like maybe give them one or two tries, but after that, just throw them out and maybe not even give them a second try or like a first try, uh, like in the sense that if they're not furthering to what I want want from my future, it's better to just, you know, go full on super ego on that, remove those people, get a new one in my life, uh, you know, take more risks, take more action than to keep them and basically spend all my energy on something that is not leveraging my life, if that makes sense. And I encourage other people doing it as well, right? In the sense that only keep the good people that you want to keep and don't do this naive or Stockholm syndrome thingy where you try to appease the people or you're trying to see their good side shine through. Most people don't change. That is, unless like very traumatic or big events happen in their lives, most people don't change. Like their general outlook, their general principles and their general actions don't really change. Um, except for uh, INJs, by the way, because I always I change. I mean, Sure, I'm biased for saying that about myself, but I think that's true, though. I think INJs are the exception to that rule. Um, like, their SI demon, if somebody carves a... How do you put it? Marks them in a very traumatic way or ha gives them a very profound experience, negative or positive, they really can change the whole perspective. I mean, it happened with me, right? I was like a fierce atheist when i was younger and now i'm like semi-religious well i am religious but i don't know how to i don't know how to explain it we'll, we'll get into that um anyway that that was maybe a bit of a rant but i thought it was interesting let me see uh so yeah that that got taken down but it got reinst not reinstated it got I, I censored it but if you want to see the uncensored version you have to go to my patreon um because that's the only place i can really show it but even on patreon i i learned that on patreon it's even risky because they are also uh followers of the you know hate speech policies anti-hate speech policies which are just a bunch of you know <laughs> whatever so I, I i linked it on bitchute or something like that unlisted so you have to basically become a patron to see that um yeah, I really appreciate it if you because it's 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 kind of dank. It's kind of amazing if you want to see the real uncensored version. You can also see why it got banned, probably. Uh, even though I find it a, li a little exaggerated. Uh, anyway, let me see. Um, yeah, YouTube also decided to demonetize me again. So, yeah, demonetize. Um, not in the sense that, oh, your video is incorrect or whatever, or like you use copyrighted material. No, no, no. They just decided, even though I was monetized, uh, they decided, uh, you know what? Uh, you're not monetized anymore. We just removed that, all your earnings. Uh, let's just take it away from you. I was like, what? I think it was around November 5th or something like that when I just opened my YouTube studio and I just see, oh, you're no longer monetized. I'm like, what? Right. And they said that. The reason for it was because I used reused content, which very annoyingly was the original reason why I got rejected for monetization to begin with, right? Why, right? They, say, they said, um, 
basically it's all the slanders and all that. It's, and they thought, oh, these are just reposted memes, right? So we can't have that. It's reposted content. There's no original spin on it. You you don't post anything else. Uh, we're just gonna uh, we're gonna reject you. I was like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm gonna create some some other videos or whatever uh, before that. Um, or how do you put it? I'm gonna create like other videos like you know the feminist society video and all that to to show that i also create other things and it's not just reposted stuff so i did that um and then i got approved but then later they again i think it was because i let them review part 19 of the slander videos um they look they look at my channel and they were like oh well uh, this guy is just reposting memes i'm like do you guys have like dementia or something like you how do you you, you disapprove me first for monetization then you approve me so it, it, it passed the test and then you disapprove me for the same reason again like make up your mind right and sure maybe i can't blame these people why well, i can but um because they just look at my channel and just some, you know, Indian dude uh, <laughs> looks at it. It's like, well, this is not following the, the community guidelines. And then they just, you know, they, with a press of a button, they could just choose to demonetize me, which is really annoying. Um, but I sent a video. I was like, hey, listen, because you have to appeal with a video uh, explaining what you do on your channel. So I appealed. I was like, hey, listen. Um, I actually make original stuff. Uh, can you fucking monetize me? And then they were like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, what, what was that all about? So I got reinstated. Luckily, I'm very thankful that that happened. Not thankful to them, but thankful of my own effort and uh, happy that's that's the case now that I can make money again. And I mean, money isn't my main goal, of course. Um, that is not to say that I don't see the virtue of money, but it's, it's more like... Well, I had, had, this thing um, has to be sustainable uh, at the end of the day, right? And I'm really trying to grow it to where I can make it my main thing. Because believe it or not, that's not my main thing right now. Um, but yeah, it would be great if it can become my main thing. So that's why you know I encourage you to subscribe and comment and uh, talk to people. Word of mouth is probably the best way to share it around. And you know support me on patreon in the future go to my website and all that you know that, that would be great uh, that would be ideal so but i'm moving towards that working on that so um let me see yeah i like to move to my own platform and that's just one of the or like my own website with my own donations i saw this thing that jordan peterson used he used a oh he, he got off patreon um, and he uses a system where you can pick how much you want to donate. Uh, it can be a one-time donation, it can be a yearly uh, donation, it could be a quarterly and a weekly donation, something like that, right? Or a monthly donation. And I was like, damn, this is so smart. People can just pick how much they want to donate. Um, you're not he's not pressuring anyone to do it uh, they could just fill in so if you if you want you could just say oh every month i'm gonna give jordan peterson a million bucks i'm just saying you know and i was like huh that's really interesting why don't i use it you know why don't i use that as well say my patreon gets taken down because i encourage hate speech for example or my youtube gets taken down i still have my own um donation platform i think that's the best way to go about it anyway that's enough on donations and introductions and recaps i'm gonna move on to plans so i think the best course of action currently uh, you can let me know in the comments what you think about this um i think it's the best course of action is to move towards focusing on high quality videos about mbti and well, i call it mbti but you know what i mean like forces of the mind psychology or whatever uh in the ugram also maybe i think it's best if i double down on that i think i'm gonna make some opinion based videos first 
I mean, I already kind of did that with how to not get into MBTI. It's kind of a story time slash opinion based video. And I got like, what is three and a half thousand views? That's pretty good for a first video on MBTI, not gonna lie. And also, my slanders did pretty well. So it shows that I have the story, storytelling, storytelling capabilities. Uh, I have the humor, I suppose. And now, if I also deliver the education, because um, I find that here's here's my distinction. I, I find that either one or two things. Either people are that maybe this is this is the gap in the market and need in the market. I found because uh, that's I, I suppose that's the best way to find if you have to do something. Um, is that uh, either a uh, MBTI comedy channels or skits channels? They're really fucking unfunny. I, I I'm sorry. Uh, make your living. I, I'm not taking that away from you or, or discouraging. Just do your thing. But most of these people are really unfunny. Um, they're they're mostly NPs or something, um, or just really unfunny, edgy NJs. Maybe um, most of them are not funny and don't have a. And it's just not me elevating myself to great. Maybe it is. I don't care. Um, they're basically they're unfunny and the other on the other hand you have like opinion based things or you have basically things that are quote unquote educational but is either bad education in the sense that the, it's a bad teacher or it's bad information right so i um seek to rectify all that i seek to be actually funny entertaining and educational and a good teacher at the same time so because i think i can do that that's not a big hassle i can combine that pretty well i think if i just um teach the proper materials and i'm gonna go into the i'm gonna go, i'm gonna try to read the source material as quickly as i can uh to really inform myself on that i really get basically find anything i can get my hands on regarding this subject because i already think i'm well, I, I want to say I'm the best, you know, what is it, typer in the world, not in ter terms of fucking computer typing. I mean, like, personality typing. Um, I don't think I'm the best in the world or whatever, but I'm pretty darn good. And I've, I've heard reports that I'm even better than uh, certain people, if you know what I mean. So um, that's interesting. So I'm like, huh, okay. And this is in a book I read. I was like, well, you don't have to be a... You don't have to be the first in your industry necessarily. It helps, it definitely helps. But if you can just uh, find a gap in the market or better be better than all of them and have a sort of certain have a certain threshold, Jesus, and have a certain threshold of entry you breach, then you already outshine all your competition and you dominate the market. Which I'm gonna do. I'm gonna dominate this whole niche. That's my plan. I'm not gonna stop until I get that. I basically wanna. Yes, outshine the, the, the big people, all the all the fancy names you hear in the niche. I'm gonna do that, uh, and I'm the best way to go about it is just create a shit ton of videos, good videos on the subject, and um, basically know the much know the most from anyone and g give the most information on the subject that is actually high quality and accurate. That's probably the best way to go about it. Jesus Christ, I'm going long into this. Jesus, this is good. is this going to be a two hour long episode? Maybe. Mm. So. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do just double down on that, on uh, MBTI content, that's the short of it. Um, I've tried my ASMR, and uh, some people really liked it. Or some people, quite a lot actually. Well, it got like, I think it's like 1k views now. But it has like 100 comments, which is interesting. So it's pretty active. So like a lot of people are commenting and, and are making a lot of noise about it, which shows that there's potential. Um, but I'm, I don't think I'm gonna keep the ASMR on this channel because this channel is already becoming a little unfocused. And I think that's why 
I don't have necessarily have the views that like I had before, like in the August, right? It was pretty insane having like, you know, thousands and thousands of views per video. I think because that was because it was very focused. I just had my croissant hours and I had my slanders, right? And my croissant hours, well, let's face it, most people don't watch my croissant hours in all honesty, right? I know some people do and the people that are listening to this right now and really enjoy it every time I upload it. Thank you very much. Um, I enjoy doing it as well. enjoy making these episodes. Um, because it feels like a, maybe it's like a one-sided conversation, you know? It's like listening to a Ayn Rand speech or a Dostoevsky speech, right? Where somebody's just ranting for a whole hour and you're just sitting there listening like Prince Mishkin. Mishkin, Jesus. Um, Mishkin? Mishkin. Whatever. Um, yeah, what was it talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, it's Mars. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go... Oh, yeah, it's, it's too random. My channel's too random, basically. Just like this whole side tangent. Um... <laughs> But basically, I need to focus and double down on a certain subject, right? Because um, that's, I think, the same problems with these podcasts. That's not to say that people don't enjoy these. I, I Like I said, I, I appreciate that. But um, it has to be more focused on one subject, right? It has to be about one book or about one thing, about one uh, central question. And I notice the best episodes and the best things I make are usually just focused on one thing because people don't want to be cognitively strained for... You know, hours. I like to be because I'm fucking insane, but most people don't want to be cognitively strained for hours and hours, right? Um, I mean, maybe not. I mean, uh, look at people like Jordan Pearson again, uh, you know, b b big example. I don't know if he's a big example. I just like him. Um, so he, he goes into complicated things, but maybe he makes it easier to digest. I don't know. Um, so I do think there's a market for people that have actually have engaging and strenuous uh, podcasts and all that stuff. But I don't know where mine lands. Maybe I just, I just have to just keep going for 10 years and see where it ends up. You know, maybe in, what is it, 10 years, I'll have thousands of people, 100,000 people, million people watching this uh, episode, these episodes. Um, we'll get some guests on here, though. That, that's something I want to get it have more. But yeah, it's again, I just have to get more focus. It has to be more clarity. It has to be a very clearly defined story around my channel. And I think I'm going to take that in a certain direction, which I'll get into in a bit. Um, but I'm just so uh, chaotic and I'm so quick, right? That uh, it's hard for me to stay on track or to, even in this whole rant I'm doing right now, rant, this, uh, this episode, uh, <laughs> trying to stay on track and having a well-defined path is a, little, is a little hard for me, right? And it gets repetitive. Um, but sometimes I guess that's what people want, just repetition, right? And a general story that um, makes them feel good, right? I don't know how people feel about this podcast. I suppose I have to aim to, for people to be semi-educated and relaxed while listening to it, just having something... Uh, like I said, like a one-sided conversation that you could just chill out and listen to it. Uh, I guess that's the the focus, right? Um, so yeah, ASMR is going on a different channel. Fox is going to be MBTI. Um, I'm going to finish the reading list because I made a video on the reading list. Uh, on my reading list, what I completed, the relationship section. Uh, I'm going to complete that, but it's not really my priority right now. And let me see. Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of experimenting, but I think... The best course of action is to double down on MBTI things on here, on this channel, and just do a separate ASMR channel. I think people will enjoy that. Who knows? Maybe the ASMR channel will be more successful than this channel. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe I still keep it MBTI themed from time to time. But um, yeah, that's probably moving away to a 
separate channel. And I just think, generally speaking, I have to just upload more, you know, because I did a bit of an analysis, a really cool analysis, and I basically found a formula, um, which I potentially will sell in the future, um, where you can kind of calculate roughly with the amount of videos you have, uh, roughly how much subscribers should, should, you should have. And according to calculations, at least in the model that I used, um, I'm at like 144 videos right now. Um, but, but I think in my formula, I have to upload around 210 to 200, 220 or 200, something like that, 200 to 220 uh, videos for 10K, for example. So I have to basically upload 60 videos uh, you know, with what I already have in order to get to that goal. So that's my focus right now, just to upload as much as I can. I, I'm, I'll try to upload as like three to four times a week. Um, that sounds a little less insane, maybe, but oh, I'm just I, I gotta get it done, right? Gotta get uh, gotta get that work in or whatever. Gotta get to action or whatever. So yeah, that's that. Those are the current plans. I know 25 minutes in, I, I'm just finished with recapping what I'm gonna what. Uh, has happened, what I'm gonna do, and <laughs> what, sorry, what ha introductions, what, ha what has happened and what I'm gonna do. That was the first 25 minutes just talking about that. Yeah, I know, interesting. <laughs> anyway, to the main topic of this video, I know, 25 minutes in, we're, now we're gonna talk about the main topic. The main topic is about the concept of the white pill, which is something I have not heard enough people talk about, if anyone. So. Yeah, we're all. I'll just run you through it, right? So we're gonna we're gonna start off. We're gonna tell. I'm gonna you know, Daddy Croissant is gonna tell you a story, everybody. So imagine you're the average Joe, right? You're the average. What is it? Uh, what is the average Jane? Um. So you know, you're born. Whatever you go to school, go through school. You get told what to do. You know, outwitting the devil, that kind of stuff. Basically, you conform to the, the general consensus. You're first a child, right? You're uh, boundless and, or yeah, you're boundless. You're without restriction. Your mind is limitless. You you enjoy everything. You enjoy life um, individually. Everything is interesting. You look at everything like it's a total new experience. That's the start, right? That's usually the start, the start with people. Then school, right? Because school is so important and school is so good for people. School and then uh, just society as a whole, um, society. Then that basically indoctrinates you, right? Gives you a sense of common consensus to develop your prefrontal cortex to basically fit the norm, all that. Uh, so you can basically go become blue pill, right? In, in that sense, you basically are like, um, oh, whatever, love is this and relationships are this. Um, well, my, my future is college and after that job and then retirement, whatever, you know, that, that's the general blue pills, whatever, average Joe, that's what he does, right? So then usually I find around, it depends on the person, um, but for me, it happened pretty early, but for most people uh, around their, in their 20s, mid 20s, right? Um, yeah, something around that age, they kind of get a sort of an epiphany, epiphany, right? They're like, oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to compare this to the whole red pill, you know, epiphany phase. I, I mean, just like to just get an epiphany that, oh, well, this, this was kind of a lie. And for some people, this takes their whole lifetime, right? But roughly around this age, you're going to get an epiphany like, oh, wait, I have to actually be a person. I'm going to fucking about and just being pushed around uh, in my whole life. And then, okay, so 
generally speaking nowadays people then find the red pill right then they're like oh actually what i've been told was a lie and uh through that um i have now discovered the truth you know i've just i've taken the red pill i have seen what women really are i've seen what xyz really is uh, and now i am enlightened and i'm an enlightened being a red pill being and you know sometimes people could even label me that i don't really like to see me that see me that way but it's basically like okay uh females are selfish that kind of stuff right i don't okay i'm kind of generalizing a bit here but you understand what i mean it's it's about um basically breaking away from the pre-existing notions of society and all that right saying oh i want to be masculine or uh, as a female i want to be feminine or i want to basically build my own business whatever it is right and some people go even a step further even though i would argue partly it's this step is before uh, the red pill uh, but some people go a step further where they're like well actually it's not even red pill it's not just confidence for game and all that right and getting women and especially for men this, this is the case um no it's all hopeless if you're not six foot something or at six foot three or whatever and you have, don't have a rocking body and you don't look like a chat uh you you get no women you get no bitches okay um which is like a step above right or well people say it's a step above but i don't i'll argue why it's i find it to be different but that's that's the next step right so you have to Blue pills, just common, average Joe, Jane, right? Just born, d doing whatever society tells them to do. G you know, go to school, get a job, um, or get a, go to college, get, an, uh, get a job, and then save for the stock, mar stock market and uh, retire, right? That's the... And maybe you're rich at 60. Then the red pill is more like, okay, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to reject the common consensus, blah, blah, blah. Um, or then you have the black pill, right? Where it's like, okay, no, actually everything is meaningless. Uh, com companies are set against you. Uh, you're ugly, you're, you're short, whatever. You're never gonna be successful in life, which is, you know, like pure nihilism basically, right? It's material nihilism in, in the modern form, really. So that's the thing. Um, here's, here's my little alternative argument though. It could also be that you first go with the black pill where you say, okay, I have been awakened, quote unquote, from the common consensus. I've woken up from the matrix, and now I'm nihilistic, right? And I'm completely nihilistic, uh, and I'm 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 not no longer uh, in tyranny, but I'm in the nowhere's land, or what is it, um, the desert, right? Like uh, as I explained in my episode from uh, Exodus, or Jordan Peterson is going to talk about this more in the, for the coming months. Um, basically, you're in the desert, right? You're not in the promised land yet. Um, so then what is the promised land that is the question right uh it, it, either if you go with the red pill first and black pill for uh black black pill after or black pill first and a red pill after it doesn't matter but what is the promised land where do we go after the nihilism and the wasteland so for me that is the white pill and the white pill basically um it acknowledges i would say both the blue pill the red pill and the black pill at the same time everything actually at the same time and it's not like the purple pill where you combine oh well i'm gonna take the advantages of the blue pill where i feel nice but also i take the advantages of the red pill where i'm like reawaken it's not like that it's more like you know as, as in the black pill it's kind of the opposite to the black pill right it just has the red pill is the opposite to the blue pill and i i hate, I hate using this fucking slang to describe it but it's, it's really a philosophical concept that you think about it the the 
white pill is really the, the opposition to the black pill because the black pill is just material nihilism, right? So what is at the other end of nihilism? But basically, nothing means anything. Well, at the end of it, of course, it's, it's a very Christian idea. Everything matters and everything is actually meaningful. And that is a way more interesting concept that you can delve into, right? And it's such a um, radical and what's the word? Overly optimistic, maybe even naive to the point of naivety, um, belief system that it's almost what's the word? It, it's uh, it's scary, right? It's um, frightening. It's uh, terrifying to look at. You know, just as just as when you're looking at the sun, right? It's it's um, when you look at it, you can't stare at it for too long because it's so bright, it's so uh, radiant with. Uh, even with heat, right? If you stand next to the sun, where you're going to evaporate, right? That's the, I mean, it's kind of like Dante, you know, about being enlightened and so now you have to adjust to the sun, basically. I don't know if you've ever read, uh, read um, Paradiso or whatever, but that's basically that concept, right? About the, the further you go into heaven, at first you're blinded because it's so bright everywhere and so perfect. Um, but over time you get adjusted to it and you get more enlightened and then at the end you can actually you know hopefully be one with god if, if that makes sense maybe I'm, I'm, I'm reaching there a little because most people probably haven't read paradiso here uh, i recommend it though uh, even though i've not read it myself i just know the summary anyway <laughs> watch that video by wendigo on it uh, that's that's what i recommend um so i was gonna say basically the white pill it's this idea that everything matters, everything is beautiful, everything is in greater purpose to everything else, right? Everything matters, which is, uh, again, it's a very Christian idea, right? And I'm reading The Idiot right now, and I think I was drawn to it because I'm really attracted to this mindset, right? And again, it's a very Christian mindset, and I'm not a Christian, because some people like to say that to me, like, oh, Grisanda, you're a Christian. Um, no, I'm not a Christian, technically, right? And in that I don't, I'm not an Orthodox Christian, or what is it, Catholic, or whatever, I don't go to church or stuff like that. Maybe I should, um, but I'm, I'm not actually um, aligned with any faith in that sense. Am I religious? Well, that's a difficult question. I can't really answer that. Um, <laughs> It's uh, really though. No, it is a it's a complicated. People like to meme at that, right? But it's true. It's like if you take concepts like that, concepts like belief or religion, or you're reaching so far because you you have to transcend the materialistic nihilism, you know, that opposes it. Because uh, materialistic nihilism is, a, is in some sense a very strong argument. It's like, well, what is once you get down to it, what is really the the purpose of it all, right? What is, is, does the universe really care about a quote-unquote atom like you in the universe, right? Does, does it really give, give two shits about you? Um, you could say, no, well, of course not. Like, what, what cosmic force, force is telling me right now, um, is whispering in my ear right now, hey, listen, you have to do this. Well, you could call that your conscious, because that's what I believe, right? That's the white pill opposition. But I really want to embrace that. I'm not even finished from the father. Let me retrace two seconds. But basically, yeah, it's, it's opposing that nihilism, right? And that's a very hard argument to fight against because you can just say to everything, well, why does that matter? Well, why does that matter? Um, and I find that people who say that too much because I did it in the past, I think they're kind of lying to themselves in a way because how can you cheat your conscience? How can you cheat your uh, morals? You know, how can you cheat your loneliness, your depression, all these things, your pain? 
just by that thing existing in the first place uh define some type of meaning because you can't really outrun pain like say what you must but you know if you're in pain you're in pain you can't just be like well that's just in my head and it's all subjective and there's just chemicals firing right it's like if i chop over your hands it's gonna hurt motherfucker like <laughs> that's just that's the short of it right so but, but that's that's going into a lot of religious things and it's it's kind of religious right in that you're trying to find something so eternally meaningful that it, yeah like i said or like implicit in that sentence is basically it has to be eternal it has to be something that is transcendent above you and that's usually in the form of a religious um at least religious institution i wouldn't say institutions but religious like books or beliefs right those those actually delve into that idea or those problems it is um it is often i find that people that say that oh well religion is just you know people had to find some hocus pocus way to find a solution to a problem or to um find an explanation for something they just didn't have the scientific methods um those those people are just purely delusional they don't understand um the the value of science and it's actually all just materials material and atoms and blah 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 i'm like well even science in a way weirdly enough is uh and this is going really against my objectivism stance so it's also difficult for me to admit this but it's it's really partly faithful though in the sense that um for example something like the big bang right well, well that's just a theory right yeah sure you could say oh well there's background radiation in the universe that we measure from blah 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 and from that from that we can make an estimation yes estimation it, like you can't actually touch the big bang you can actually rewind time and go see the big bang as it happened right like but, and then also is the question what came before the big bang and they say and then they say nothing well can there be nothing at all? Like, is that is it even possible? Like, that's you know things like that, or that we believe gravity exists because well things fall from stuff. Like, I'm not denying that these things aren't observed and have an idea behind it. These are still ideas and valid ideas, but it is rather that um, these are still limited by a question of why in this or they're, they're sorry they're they're operating in. The paradigm of how but they're not really answering a why right it's like um I again there's this one quote from uh i think it was deepak chopra deepak chopra whatever his name is uh he basically says that um you can't find the meaning of life between the connections of atoms something like i'm paraphrasing heavily but that's basically what it is like it's trying to you try to answer the question of how, right? That's what you're really after with science. Like, okay, how does this work? What is this thing? How does it, you know? And you're trying to operate in one field of matter, which is matter itself, right? Or um, maybe even psychology is kind of breaching the gap more, right? Um, but you're not answering really answering a question of why. Because um, if you were answering a question of why, you would actually go more towards the philosophical or the psychological or the... Or the religious right or the, um, the mythical and that is not to say these things um operate in the same framework as or the, these things don't operate in the same framework as science does of course so and then people try to disprove it's like oh see well it doesn't have any value because it doesn't operate in the framework that science dictates i'm like well that's a little unfair don't you think it's like okay try <laughs> it's, it's, it's like to asking a scientist to explain the how of uh, a why, right? And like vice versa in the sense that it's like, it's like a religious person trying to explain 
try to ask a scientific person to explain it to him in, um, in mythical terms, right? It's like, okay, explain why gravity exists in a religious lens. It's like, how does that work? Like, that's a very hard question because there are different dimensions, right? I guess that's my point. It's like, they're trying to answer a different question. So therefore it's unfair to um, assume or to write it off as something, uh, what is it, worthless, right? In the case of religion or science. And I, 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 it's also kind of annoying to put them in opposition of each other, right, in the first place, because they could work together in a sense. Um, not that, uh, it's kind of contradictory, maybe, but, but I'm contradictory, maybe, but I try, I'm trying to say that actually many times uh, religion is pushing beyond what science is, right? And through that pushing beyond, you can actually get to more understanding of, of what is or what... Um, what can be in a really realistic ma you know, material way um it's push it's pushing an idea with the same thing with art for example like if you have a romantic novel or something akin to that um a realistic you know like ayn rand for example who writes realistic romanticism i think it, it is uh or romantic realism where it's pushing beyond what is possible today it's it's, push, it's kind of semi-sci-fi but it's still realistic right and then through that pushing towards that ideal, we can actually get to things that are way better uh, than we are now. Um, and that's striving. It's it's weird, right? Because even Ayn Rand called her books like, you know, I think when they wanted to cut down her volume, because it was it's a thick book, right? Uh, they wanted to basically have it split up in, vo in, in multiple volumes. Um, I think she said something among the lines, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, among the lines of... Um, you don't just cut you don't just cut parts from the bible or something and it's such an ironic statement that she makes she's a, she's like a fierce atheist right um to say that oh you don't just cut parts of my book that is against religion but then i compare it to something religious i'm like well miss, miss rant don't you see that your objectivism philosophy is actually very akin your book is very akin to the bible it's actually very akin to a religious experience as it is transformative and it gives you a way of life right and you pride yourself in a certain way that it's purely based on reason and all that but it's actually um very religious in the experience in the sense that um it enlightens you in a way it gives you profound happiness and purpose right i'm like huh those things if you look at the root of most religions that is actually what it's trying to seek right um it was sound like a madman already or is this actually interesting i don't know <laughs> anyway so again and then this comes again goes from another book i read from uh, the, from the idiots and the idiot, and it's so nice to read Ayn Rand and Dostoevsky like side to side because it's so oppositional, right? Uh, but in the idiots, it's, it's much more about um, how to explain this. So the idiot, if you if you don't know the story, but it's basically about the main character, Prince Mishkin. I don't want to spoil too much if you still want to read it, but you know, here are some semi spoilers, I guess. You know, it's the main character, Prince Mishkin, who is visiting uh, this general because he. Um, there's a distant relative, and he's basically come from Switzerland because he has an illness, epilepsy, because, you know, the Dostoevsky had epilepsy, so of course his characters have to have epilepsy. That's, that's interesting, right, with, with authors that they actually use their own experiences and use self-inserts a lot in their uh, writings. 
even though a lot of people say, oh, don't make a self-insert when you're creating something. Like, yeah, well, actually, you can make a self-insert, just don't make it obvious and actually incorporate, incorporate it symbolically or in an interesting manner. Because I don't think people can write about anything that I haven't experienced. I mean, of course, they can imagine things, right? Um, but a book is better if it's actually based around some semblance of realism, right? I think part because um Dostoevsky's books are great it's because he just bases bases it off his own experiences like in when he went to Siberia or whatever or when he well from his epileptic fits right that's that's where he bases his novels about and that's also what he admits I think I mean I haven't read everything about, about him but that's for what I know mm. so basically Mishkin goes to the general and then from that people infer by and Mishkin is a very because of his illness, he hasn't developed a lot, right? Like socially or intellectually. And he has therefore has a very simple childlike, that's the best way to describe it, I suppose, um, perspective on things, right? So people oftentimes, because of his simple and shameless manner of interacting with the world, he gets often gets called an idiot, right? Well, hence the title. Um People see him as an idiot. It's like, oh my god, you! Well, uh, don't you understand that this is shameful to ask, uh, Mishkin? This, this is all blah blah blah. And then you have several characters around it. You know, good old fashioned Russian drama being spanning over seven hundred pages. But yeah, basically, uh, then you basically have these adventures with Mishkin in um, in, in Saint Petersburg and Russia and all that. And well, so far I haven't finished it yet, but it's, it's pretty goddamn great, right? But Mishkin embodies that simple-minded. Uh, like white pill um, belief system. I don't know if it's even a belief system because it's it's so natural to him, right? Because he is not inhibited by schools or whatever. He just he's the only thing that Michigan has really experienced. It is I think he's twenty five in the book. Um, he has just lived in the in the countryside. He had no he had some school like he knows how to write and all that. But he was most of the time he was just very ill and he was just having these fits and trying to beat that right and recovering for years and months uh, for months and years. But he, um, because of that, and he interacted mostly with children, um, he didn't get inhibited, right? He didn't uh, get, how do you put it, restricted by rules. Um, and actually, through that, he's actually way more intelligent and like socially intelligent, even though I hate to use the term emotional intelligence. But in a sense, he's more intelligent, intelligent in that regard. And uh, through that, people are actually astonished by and very intrigued by Mishkin's character right and me as well i really like his character i think michigan by the way is an enfp um that's just my uh how i typed him through his uh through text because yes you can type people through text um it's not even that complicated if you look at it but anyway um so yeah michigan uh astonishes the people and that's actually why people want to interact with him and also oftentimes when people how do you put it get mad at him it's actually at their own inadequacies and not really because of the person himself because Dostoevsky set out to uh, create a totally wonderful man right basically his idea of a Christ figure um, that will be some, somebody like Mishkin right like in a modern form Mishkin is something like a Christ figure so in a way the white pill is like I said it's a very Christian or a very religious idea right but it's it's kind of something that embodies the um Embodies or embraces the beauty of life, everything in it, um, and says it, it's very complicated to describe this, right? Because you're you're encapsulating everything. You're saying beauty matters, like beauty saves the world, right? I think Michigan said that, like beauty will save the world. 
that um, you know love and all those things um, help create meaning in everything and that it actually outweighs all of the nihilism and all of the meaninglessness and all of the black pill beliefs basically all the materialism it, it transcends all of that um, that is really what I suppose the white people is about right and you could just say well croissant that's just orthodox Christianity I'm like yeah maybe I don't know um, which is you know it's a shame because I find that or I find I, I found out that the Brothers Kar Karamazov Karamazov what is it uh, it's right there on my shelf give me a sec uh, fuck. Karamazov. Yes, that's the right, uh, the right title. Uh, it was going to be split up in two parts, right? It's going to basically in the first part, even though I haven't read it yet. Um, first part is mostly about, you know, Ivan versus Ilyosha. Ilyosha. Um, and Ivan is a very, you know, materialist atheist and he gives very good arguments against it. And Ilyosha is kind of like meekly just sits there like, mm hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm getting a beat down. Uh, <laughs> But what I read is that actually the brothers uh, Karamazov was going to be split up in two parts. And I, my hunch is that he wanted to, in the first part, he was going to explore, you know, the nihilism and all, or the first book, he was going to explore the nihilism and the materialism and blah, blah, blah. And the second book, he was actually going to explore beyond that, right? He's, he was actually going to create his greatest masterpiece. I think after the brothers Karamazov, he was probably going to stop writing or maybe some short stories, but that was going to basically, been a, that was basically going to be his Atlas Shrugged, right? His two book Atlas Shrugged. Um, but basically, uh, I I think he wanted to create like the second part of it, and that would have been like the ultimate white pill book. I could I could have referred you to if it actually existed, right? Because that would have actually gone into. Because I don't think there's anything. Maybe there is something like Dostoevsky, maybe, but in in his style and in his uh, what's the word? You know, Dostoevsky is only one in a billion. So let's put it that way. Like you have, you have Nietzsche, you know, you have uh, Ayn Rand, you have Dostoevsky. Of course, they're they're like great. Uh, people that are just scattered uh, very rarely in history. So, but it's probably going to take a long time before we get another person like Dostoevsky. Who knows? Maybe I'm that person. Okay, not to <laughs> to my own horn too much, but I do want to write in the future. Though I, I would really like to write a romantic novel because I find that that's kind of the pattern in what I like to read. Right. Because I like Iron Man so much because you get inspired by a lot of romantic writers like Victor Hugo, Dostoevsky, um, what else? And also new music I like. I, I was originally li listening to... I, I just had a playlist of classical music. I was like, damn, who is this? Who is this composer, man? It's, it's, it, I didn't even know what I was listening to. I was like, well, who is this? And apparently it was like Schubert or something. Schubert. Um, and and also I just love, love Beethoven. And I was like, oh, what is the movement I'm listening to? Oh, I'm listening to romantic classical music. I didn't even fucking know, right? Um, so much so for my uh, education in fucking... Uh, what is it? What is it? Um, ah, art, whatever. So anyway, uh, back to the subject. The white pill really encapsulates all that and tries to say that everything is meaningful. Everything has meaning. Everything is beautiful. Every like basically to act like a child and see every day as a miracle. Every day as a full experience and every almost every second, every instant. And it's 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 such a weirdly naive and. I want to say delusional, because that's, that's, that's how a, you know, more cynical person would look at it. But it's really, if you could have that, right, where every second that passes is meaningful for you and every, um, every moment is of infinite value, that is something, like, I, of course, you, people would pick that, right? If you could have that, um, 
of course you would have of course you would take it um most people say well that's not realistic it's like well is it like it can we not strive towards that maybe i'm just like fucking rambling at this point but i'm it's such a complicated question to answer right it's like if you could have all the meaning every single second uh to the, for the rest of your life and it would feel like infinity almost like basically we have infinity in a lifetime so you have the infinite and the finite right something that kierkegaard talks about um like would you actually take that i don't think most people won't even that's that's such a scary proposition i don't think most people will even accept it right um in the sense that uh, let me look compare it let me compare it with beauty so because this this is maybe a little vague if you and this is the thing i've been thinking about um for the last couple months it's like if you <laughs> if you for example had like the perfect partner for you right and i embody everything uh that you like somebody physically emotionally whatever it is right and it's the perfect embodiment of that um like who says you would even interact with that like would you who says you would even how can you even look at that right like why is it that men when they look at an extraordinary extraordinary i can't talk extraordinarily beautiful woman it's not like they uh they just look at that and like oh yeah she's beautiful and uh, okay i'm gonna go talk to her and maybe we'll and if i fail whatever no that's not a reality you you look at that and you're absolutely um you get shy your body freezes up like that's the main thing right if uh, a beautiful woman looks at you especially if she's very gorgeous um she looks at you she basically got you in her grip, right? Especially if you're a guy, like, you're in her grip, right? Her beauty just radiates out of you. Um, that's that's why you look away, just like with the sun, right? Like, it's a radiating beauty. Um, and it's funny, because actually one of the characters in in The Idiot is called, uh, what is it? Uh, Aglaya or whatever, or Aglaya, something like that. And I think that's... Um, it was derived, in notes it was shown, it was derived from the words Agleos or something from Greek which may, means radiant, and I'm like, huh, a, a very beautiful person in uh, this story, which is very um, hard to communicate, Mishkin has a lot of trouble to communicate with because of her beauty, um, is called Radiant, her name is literally Radiant, or derived from uh, Radiance, right, I'm like, huh, interesting, right, so in that way, you know, either you don't look at it, or when you actually look at it, you freeze up, right, um, if you're forced to deal with the highest beauty, um, you freeze up, you don't know what to do, you're absolutely stunned by it, so it's 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 not actually that. Um, my point with that is it's not actually that. Um, what's the word? Obvious that you would, if the highest good or the high the most meaningful thing or the most um, basically God figure whatever you want to call it right basically if God or Jesus was right in front of you that you would even first off if you would even look at it and second if you would if you were to look at it that you would be able to even operate right and in that to relate it back to that lady or the woman that you're looking at i'm using a lady because it's an easy example for me um if she if she does that you're completely frozen right and you don't know what to do you're you're you're, you're how do you put it sure you can train this um you can train to become better at this or smoother at this but if it's really like quote-unquote the perfect soulmate even though the perfect soulmate doesn't exist um then you would totally freeze up you don't know what to do and you're would almost uh, i find just like if you're looking at the sun you would almost cry right and maybe that sounds exaggerated because um, you know as most people or most guys don't start crying when they see an exceptionally beautiful woman but it does give you a visceral emotional response right and in that moment you can't really explain why you're acting like that physiologically um 
and then at that point, I like to ask that person, like, okay, do you still not believe in some sense of quote unquote higher power, right? Because you're totally taken taken aback by it, like you're totally possessed by this idea, right? Or, or when you're listening to a profound piece of music, right, you're, or you're in a concert uh, and you get like extremely emotional about it, maybe maybe you get very angry, maybe you, you can let out some fucking trauma from ten years ago, right? Maybe you can. Um, show some happiness from us maybe you can actually show your true self there right whatever it may be um it's a transcendent experience and uh, uh, maybe, maybe even beyond therapeutic and i'm like huh that's interesting maybe and maybe even therapy is a microcosm of that um radiant experience right in the sense that it's a <laughs> it's a it's a slight whiff a slight whiff of the of the white pill right where you basically see that life and that you're basically putting restrictions on your happiness you're putting restrictions on your beliefs you're putting restrictions on everything and that's not to say to dismantle everything because i don't think the white pill is about just rejecting all that exists right it's actually embracing it all seeing it all without limitation right because i think that uh, you know the more woke what is it woke leftist liberal whatever like oh and there was a really good part on uh, liberalism that uh, Dostoevsky talks about, actually, in, in the form of a more intellectual character in the book. I can out read it in a second, I suppose. Um, but basically, um, it, it's acknowledging all that and appreciating all that and then integrating it and then fully operating it with um, happiness, right? And it's kind of, it's, in a way, it's almost... It's almost an objectivist idea, right? Where you're like, okay, I see everything around me. It all has purpose. I don't, I'm not projecting that it exists, um, but to do and and I, and I integrate, then I, I I will with that. I will find some type of purpose or happiness with that. Um, that's it's. But to do that, it, it requires a lot of courage, and it requires a lot of. Um, well, it's almost unbearable courage, right? Um, I mean, again, to go back to like Christ, for example, it's like well. If you were to know how much, how much there is, how much uh, agony there is in the world, like almost in a red pill or a black pill type way, right? Um, and how you would even end up like in the form of Christ, you would die for your whatever for your sins and all that. Um, I'm just using Christ as an example because you know that's like the easiest archetype to describe this. If you were to take all that and you were to die, and you were to even uh, know where you ended up, right? If you were to see your own corpse, for example, uh, after the fact, after it maybe got mutilated, or there's a, there's, a, there's a painting in The Idiot, right, from Christ when he's taking off the cross, and his, his face is all, um, and he's just shown to be all radiant, as most painters do, right? Like, because a lot of time in paintings, they actually show all these nice details, and he's still, his hair is all nicely combed and all that, and that's, that's how Christ looked like. So actually, no, in this painting, they show him, like, dried up just take it from the cross right um wounds everywhere uh, bruises everywhere all that um skinny tortured all that uh and that's how it looks like and around this table that is the to paint it's a painting of a table his body laying on the table around this are his you know apostles and everything looking at that and the question kind of proposed in this well it's, it's a, i guess it's a central piece of the whole book it's uh how's it called epilot or whatever um uh, he, he basically writes this long explanation, basically for his suicide. Spoiler alert! Um, he um, describes this painting and says that, well, if if you if Christ were to know that he were to die like this and he were to look like this, and also that his friends would have to see him like this, and if you could see himself now, would he would act, would he actually have gone through with this, right? 
and that's kind of why the, where the brave maybe in that sense there, that's where the bravery comes from like to, to not even know where you end up and not even realize how much you've been through um if you take on the maximum amount of suffering or the ma not 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 in a uh, masochistic way because that's i think people overlook that a lot of the time i'm not saying talking about masochistic suffering but anything that comes on your path um towards your higher purpose or toward towards your religious uh goal um would you even go through with that if uh you were to see how much you had to endure right or how how many hits you would take to get there like would you actually do that um it's a very interesting question um Anyway, <laughs> try to encapsulate this a bit. So, I think generally speaking, it's the white pill is about again. It's a very Christian idea where you try to embrace everything in your life. You try to see the meaning in everything, and um, even in the face of beauty, that you look at it for rightly and try to adjust to it and voluntarily approach it, even. Um, and why this is not more a more common belief in the in the sense that there's not a niche for this what is it carved out by people or it's not as popular it's because it's very scary right uh, where it's very terrifying and very uh hard to do like how if i just told you like be optimistic in any circumstance uh, at any time always be faithful for your future always be uh, always find all the, all the meaning at every second at any moment in your life like that's that sounds like an impossible task right and well in in a fictional or non-fiction i don't know fucking people actually believe in christ or whatever yeah he actually exists can we prove that i don't fucking know uh but but um there's only one person has done that right relatively speaking um and he's remembered for thousands of years i'm like huh and again again maybe this is just a very indirect way like oh uh croissant gets enticed into christianity for what is it an, uh, for like a couple months or a couple hours uh, or try to entice other people to get to join christianity again i am not a christian it's more that the sense i'm just trying to get to the symbolic or the metaphors in these ideas right but uh, as you can tell it's not it's not as articulated with me because i'm just making this up as i go along more making this up i'm thinking about this as i'm speaking to you so maybe we'll be more refined in, in the long term. But I find that this idea of, of a white pill instead of a black pill, where you say that everything is meaningful, everything is purposeful, everything I approach everything with a childlike open-mindedness. I um, love even my enemy, et cetera, et cetera, right? To maintain that, what is it? Belief system. Um, I don't know what the, the extent of that is or the... The limit of that belief is right and then you could just say well croissant you, you're basically asking how far could you go in life if you're a christian i'm not really saying that i'm more like th those ideas like the sense that you are completely childish right like michigan like you just are completely shameless and you just ask whenever you have a question you just express simply what you feel at every moment um how would your life look like right how if you were to adopt that could you would you even adopt that if you could right uh, or if you were living that, would you even be able to endure it for the change and uh, what's the word? Um, potential changes that could occur to you, right? In the sense that, well, you know, to use Jordan Peterson as an example, like if you were to speak the truth always, like literally always, how would your life look like? That is not to say that um, 
Well, yeah, but even then, like, if you if you were to speak the truth at all times, how would your life look like? I mean, maybe you'll be dead, but... <laughs> but really, though, um, if you try to speak the truth in the most optimal sense, right, and try to take on as, mu take on as much responsibility as you can, would you even do that, right? Would you even be... And when then when through that clarity, I would say, because I find you would be a lot more clear in that um, perspective, because the black pill is very, it's very void, right? It's very murky. It's like you're just in, in the void and you don't know where to go. It's all dark. But with the white pill, it's like everything around you uh, illuminates, right? Everything around you becomes comes by you can see everything but it, you can almost see it too much right it's it's almost uh, again it's almost unbearable to look at it um so what it, like i said going back if beauty worlds actually was supposed was gonna present itself to you um would you even be able to take it right or would you even be able to embrace it or um interact with it right integrate it like i I've, i know it's a very metaphysical abstract question but I know, I, I just see it a lot of times, like, again, we're going back to a uh, relationship perspective. Like, say that the perfect guy or something like that, or the perfect woman, perfect beauty, comes up to you and is like, hey, I want you or something. You know, maybe that's God talked to you in the indirect sense, right? Like, the highest form of beauty or the highest sense of anything um, is talking to you or is inviting you on an adventure and, or is, um, is voluntarily saying to you... Uh, you know, enticing you on a journey would you even go on that journey and for a lot of people they can't do that right um and i i well i for one find that a very interesting topic uh or a very interesting idea to think about and i will probably write about it more and think about it more this is a very disjointed episode maybe because i'm just taking such a grand uh idea and maybe i just have to write it out and simplify not simplify but more like refine it and take out whatever is the fluff right because i've probably repeated myself 10 times already i don't care it's it's more like to get this idea out that to summarize it a bit you have blue pills it's just like okay whatever i do whatever other people tell me right well before that you're a child and you're just not even conscious right then you're conscious and just told what to do then after that you kind of break away from it you go red pill and you're like oh well blah 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 right i know better um and then maybe you go even a step above and you're like oh okay actually everything is meaningless like you, you, you don't even question everything you question everything so much that everything is uh deteriorated into nothingness right everything is purposeless everything is nihilism everything is predetermined i should just you know end it all um but then actually in that void right um it doesn't stay void it actually transforms into light and that is that is the white pill i think and you can call that revelation you can call that a religious experience you can call that a psychological experience i don't really care i think that's at the end of it that's actually what happens it happened to me right where through your nihilism you actually find uh the most eternally meaningful purpose after it it's like it's not just void like what was it if you look at the abyss you will see more abyss or it reflects back at you it's actually no 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 well first you will see yourself but then after you have not acknowledged yourself right it's almost like seeing yourself in a mirror like you you saw the, you be the beautiful woman right that you see yourself in, your, in the mirror that you see how ridiculous or you muster the courage right you look at yourself you're like i must muster the courage and then you approach it forthrightly and then actually if you approach it forthrightly and 
you approach it long enough and often enough, maybe after a while, it um, you'll actually see light at the end of it, right? And then you'll actually have a internally meaningful and purposeful thing that is almost unbearable and unbearable to acknowledge or to fully integrate. But if you keep going at it, I think you can integrate it properly. And through that, I think then you have actually a very purposeful and infinite life. You're not going like, to regret one day living like that. Um, and I think that many people will respect you or revere you after that if you live according to that fact. So, yeah, I think that's a good note to end it on, <laughs> even though this was a very disjointed <laughs> and, and uh, abstract idea. And again, I should probably just refine it more. Um, but it's an interesting idea. Maybe it's just me. Uh, it's just like, oh, a croissant discovers Christianity, you know, second time that I said that, but maybe it's just that, right? But it's, it's a very profound idea that I think resonates with everybody, even though I may, may or may not have phrased it properly. Um, I try to have more focus, but if you tackle with these insanely big and complicated issues and um, concepts, of course, you're going to get a little vague sometimes, right? Much to why people critique Jordan Peterson, but, you know, can you blame him if he's talking about the meaning of fucking life? Like, come on, bro. Do you have, do you have a better explanation? Oh, meaning of life is just enjoying yourself and having fun with friends. It's like, yeah, sure, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe in some sense, I have to tone it down a bit, right? In in that I have to clarify what I say and I can go into the nitty gritty with specialized groups and friends and all that, but most people just want a clear, a clear message, right? Um, maybe I should do that with the show. I don't know if people enjoy it more when it gets all complicated and, uh, you know, gets in the nitty gritty of things or I should just keep it more general I'm like hey guys this thing happened to me I don't know um I'm experimenting as I go along I suppose I don't think I will uh, I had on my schedule I was going to talk about some books as well um I think I'm just going to leave that I don't think that's that it still fits I think the what is it the red thread of this episode has come to his destination or whatever or the what is it train has uh, has what is it the train has entered station or arrived at station right that's how it feels like um so yeah i'm not gonna go into those books uh maybe i'll talk about another time maybe in a review um a lot of things are coming i suppose i'm gonna work more on some quality videos i'm gonna research as much as i can about you know mbti and many other things of course i'm always studying and always learning i think and so so should you you should be reading every single fucking day um you know gonna go all motivational on your ass um yeah i'm uh, i'm hopeful about that though i think the future is gonna be great i mean of course there i haven't even talked about you know the famines that are gonna occur and the wars in the next 20 years it's gonna be pretty bad in that sense but again to have a more white pill perspective I think, in the end, it will rectify itself, even with the most horrible potential genocide that's going to come in history for probably in a couple thousand years, maybe, or a thousand years. Um, at the end of it, there's still going to be... There is going to be a 
wide, right? It's still still gonna be. I'm still optimistic. I think humanity will thrive. In an overall picture, humanity will always thrive or always survive or stay on top with things. Um, call that naive. I think that's what separates us as beings, not as animals. I think people would just say we're animals. I think you're they're way too demoralizing about their own existence, right? There's there's way more to our existence. We can endure way more than we can possibly imagine. And the fact that people are already giving up simply by the idea. Maybe maybe it's because an I it's an idea that it's scary, right? Like the idea of full surrender to uh, infinite purpose and beauty, like that's scary as hell. Or the idea of going into war, or the idea of um, starving, right? Or the idea that your whole country is going to get, for example, nuked to death, right? Like that's scary, of course. Um, but actually, live, living in that, if you survive that, or the process of surviving that, that is actually you don't know what you're capable in the, are in that sense. And if you actually try, try to do as much as you can at every single moment in your life, um, you don't know what the limits of that are. So, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wrap this up, though, because it's, just <laughs> it's maybe getting too vague in that sense. Anyway, I want to write more about it. I want to create more content. I want to create more MBTI content. I'm going to do more podcasts or like one of these so I can actually explore my thoughts and that other people can actually follow along with it. Um, I'm just going to try out a lot more. And um, I hope you guys all enjoy the rides in the, in the meantime. Um, it's going to be... At the end of it, it's probably going to be pretty cool and amazing. And... Um, I should just enjoy it. That's, that's a thing I've been neglecting a li little, maybe, even though I'm advising you guys to enjoy the journey. Um, I should do it as well, right? Sometimes I overlook that. I'm, I'm a little outcome attached sometimes, but I should really detach myself from that, where I'm just like, I'm just, fuck, I'm just doing this. Um, still purposefully and still with full responsibility, but not with... Sure, of course, you have to have goals and all that, but um, I think they're just a motivating thread to keep you going right and keep to keep you on track with something but really it's while you're doing it when you should be that should be the real enjoyment factor right and real the real purpose of it anyway um yeah gonna work more on that more mbti stuff i'm gonna study that as quickly as i can and um i think good things are coming like i, I think i said it last year um around i don't know I think last year, this time, something like that. Uh, basically, yeah, big things are coming, and big things came. Haha, <laughs> funny sex joke. But I think even bigger things are gonna come for the for the next year because I'm only doing this. I've, I've only done like three, five serious videos at this point, something like that, right? Um, maybe ten if you if you discount the slanders. Like all anything before my Synecdoche, New York video i don't really deem as that serious it's more like now i'm actually doing it more seriously and actually trying to establish an audience and you know build all that um yeah so i shouldn't complain i shouldn't i should be thankful i should be grateful you know be grateful for to my audience i'm grateful for you guys i'll say that i'm grateful for a lot of things okay um great for the, what the channel is now or what it's what it's going to be right um grateful for the great literature that i'm reading and the things that i'm learning in general and uh also the just the success i have in general in life right now it's, it's pretty great and um all things considered everything is going really well with me and i hope for you as well by the way uh, <laughs> i hope uh things are on track and if they're not well 
like I said, stay optimistic. Um, <laughs> truly stay optimistic, even the most dire circumstance, right? Um, it may sound delusional at times, but it's better to approach something with a optimistic mindset and always aim for more and bigger and better. Not in a rat racy type of way, more in a um, it will get better type you know, because if you just keep aiming at getting better, well, inevitably your mind starts tuning into things that will make it better. I know that sounds so repetitive, but or not repetitive, but uh, cliche and then then, then corny, but it's it's really true. Like I thought, I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm I'm an atheist. Well, it's time. I'm an atheist. I'm, I'm I don't have any meaning. Uh, everything is like I am depressed. I'm all these things. I'm like, how can I actually have meaning in my life? How can I actually? Well, it was more like, how can I actually destroy this oppression that I have? Like, how can I? escape it right and how i can actually be happy how can I actually well i didn't know it was meaning but apparently the, the the solution was having meaning in your life right um that's why i that's when i should I, my ear started and my eyes everything my whole existence started tuning into um quote-unquote frequencies i don't like to use terms like that but frequencies that would actually alleviate me of that problem right and i think everybody else should do that as well it's like um, you know, you have money issues, focus on solving that. You have um, relationship issues, focus on that. I mean, I had relationship issues that I read everything I, well, not everything I could, but I read a lot of relationships. Now I'm pretty goddamn well-versed in relationships and I can converse pretty well with people. People call me charming, even though this episode, I wouldn't call myself that charming because I was kind of ranting and uh, scatterbrained, but I suppose some people enjoy that. <laughs> I try to keep it more focused next time, okay? I've been out of it. It's been a month, okay? Give me a break. Anyway, more is to come. I'm going to study um, about MBTI and all that, and I want to really give the best possible videos and service to as many people as I can, right? That's my uh, purpose now, and I want to completely change and dominate the this niche, this MBTI niche. And um, for the people that are watching me right now, which me right now, I hope you enjoy the journey and uh, to what's to come, I suppose. And I really have to end it there. Uh, <laughs> so I'll say thank you once more for listening and tuning in. Thank you, the Patreons, patrons and all that. Thank you guys for supporting this. Um, yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you for watching the other stuff. Thank you for, you know, watching the slanders and enjoying that, commenting, whatever. Uh, you could still support me, you know, share it. Uh, word of mouth, share it, uh, share the videos, share the playlist, share the memes. I don't care. Share it, share everything. Talk about, it. talk about it especially. Okay, word of mouth is again, it's the greatest way to spread around and let get people to talk about me more. Basically, hit that tipping point, right? Um, you know, subscribe, of course. Support me on Patreon, or Patreon, if you uh, want to financially support me. Uh, what else? What else? Join the Discord, right? Uh, download the free reading list I have. You can follow along with me as I go through something like a thousand plus books. Um, yeah, I would say um, do that I, once more. Thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. Um, that's all for me. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh, I'll see everybody in the next one. Bye-bye. Fuck bitches, get money. Mm -hmm.